So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end, where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. What's up, Rockstar Nation? My name is Ian Lobos, and I'm hosting today's episode, and I am really excited. On today's show, we're going to be talking celebrity. And that's right. We've got Tarek Al Musa from Flipper Flop on the show today. You guys love him, and you are going to love this interview. It is intense. It's high energy, and it is packed with information, not only about Tarek and his life and the show, but also about how Tarek got started, the way he motivates himself, the way he drives himself, his bouts with cancer, how he got the show started, how he got his businesses rolling, how he failed multiple times and just kept pushing, and all the challenges that he's had to overcome in his life. I mean, he's going to talk to us about the secrets to starting his business, what you can do. I mean, everything's applicable here. He's going to talk to us about balancing family and businesses, and he's literally working on 18 different things right now. What he enjoys most about flipping, what he hates about flipping, regrets, and things that he would do a little differently, the advice that he has on somebody who's new in the business, whether it's sales or the flipping business, what the future holds for real estate investing, how flipping has changed, literally his favorite show moments, and anything else you can think about, we're going to go into it. It's a long interview, so stick with it. He is nonstop info and action and energy from the beginning to the end. You're going to love it. Let's talk to Tark. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have one of your favorite HGTV celebs and personalities on here, Tarek Al Musa. Welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. We're so excited to get into it with you. We're jumping right in. I'm ready, buddy. How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How could I not be doing good? I'm in the best business in the world, the business of real estate. <laughs> That's true, man. Well, let's get into it. So just as a, as a foundational item here, we're going to have agents listening from from every walk of life and every stage of the game, right? So you've got agents that are just getting into it and you've got agents that are crushing it, you know, thousand deals a year. And every one of them knows about flipping and investing in some capacity. And in some way they know about you, right? So we're going we're gonna to plug that together today and have you talk about your expertise in your real estate sales business, which you were in for quite a long time, and then getting into flipping and being successful in it. Sounds, sounds good to me, man. Like the foundation of everything I have today came from real estate sales, man. Grounding pound, hitting the streets, just hard work. And you know, for real estate agents that want to get into flipping, man, it's like, shit, you are halfway there. Like you have the foundation, you have the knowledge of real estate. Like you are so close. So, I mean, I think the easiest transition for someone to become an investor is a real estate agent. Totally. So you got started at like 21, right? What was, tell me how you got into the business. Is it just by luck or would you, did you actually? Man, it was, it was, it was absolutely by luck, you know, but at the end of the day, the entrepreneurial spirit shines everywhere we go. Right. So I was 20 years old, man. I was just out of high school. And at the time I was living in Cerritos, California and I was selling kitchen knives, Cutco. You probably heard of them. Everybody has. (laughs) And you know what, dude, I was making real money. Like I was making you know, enough money to get by and I was going to school and 
And what happened was like back then I had my, my sales book with all my leads, right? And I'm kind of an unorganized guy and I lost my entire sales book. So I was 20 years old. I had built a sales book of, of people to sell to and I lost the book and I found myself unemployed with no money without a job overnight. Bam, like that. So, well, you know, a few weeks went by and I, I, I didn't know what to do. And, and my bank account was going low. And I was standing at a Washington Mutual Bank in Cerritos, California, actually. And I remember looking at my ATM, my, my bank account, and seeing like I was broke. Like I had nothing. And I was stressed. I was miserable. And it was like, it was like a sign from a higher power, man. I swear. I looked up to the right, like side, and I see a crooked sign. It says, Wise Old Owl. <laughs> real estate school and i swear man it was a moment in my life i'll never forget i looked at the sign i looked at the atm i looked at the sign i looked at the atm and you know what i thought man i was like if i can sell these knives i can sell houses so i took the rest of my money out of my bank account walked across the road signed up for real estate and that's how i got my real estate license dude that is awesome that is really awesome yeah it was really, <laughs> it was totally random dude like i i had i knew nothing about real estate i thought you know i thought back then it was completely different than anything else you know like it was yeah. it was it was something i had never thought of it just hit me in that moment if i can sell something i can sell anything and i figured houses were bigger than knives and i could probably make more money so here we are what was that like 2002 that was in 2003 uh yeah 2002 okay yeah we're, we're 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 the same age so man wow so what were the early years like like you got in obviously you're a guy who goes after stuff he likes and wants so you go out, go after it, you crush it. Like what, what were the early yeah, years? Yeah, well, so, like my, my entire life, man, I was always led to believe that I could be the best at anything I did. And I, and I got that from my dad. But I also got that I could be the best if I was willing to, to outwork my competition, if I was willing to work harder than anyone else in the space. So I was always taught that I can be great if I was willing to outwork everyone else. So... I always took that mentality with everything I did. And my first six months in real estate, I was motivated. I was hungry. I was excited. And I was broke, man. I didn't get one deal. And I was like, man, what? all this bullshit in my death. Yeah, my dad's been preaching me my whole life. It, it doesn't work. I'm grinding. I'm working. And you know what? It turns out, man, you can be the most motivated person in the world, but if you're not working on the right things, you're never going to get anywhere. So for me back then, it was sitting on up desks, waiting for the phone to ring by, you know, newspaper ads, right? So I would sit there for hours every day and it was just freaking miserable. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you like the full, full story. You want the full story? We have a little time today. Absolutely. We have as much time as you want to give us. All right. So the, the full story. So. I was 20 years old, totally broke, and I was sitting at the up desk one day, okay? And I finally broke, man. I was like, you know, screw this. I'm done. I'm going back to school. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to make my parents happy. Real estate's not meant for me, blah, blah, blah. True story. At the time, the secretary, her name was Carol, short, black, curly hair. I looked over to Carol because we spent a lot of time together because I sat right next to her waiting for that stupid phone to ring. I told Carol, I was like, here's the deal. I'm done. I've real estate's not for me. I went home. I was 20 years old. About 20 minutes later, after getting home, I get a call from Carol. She goes, uh, well, these people just walked in. They want to uh, go look at a house and put an offer on it. And, you know, I was like, you, I just quit the business like a half hour ago. Like, what are you doing to me? Right? <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to give it one more yeah. shot. One more shot, man. So I actually quit real estate. People don't know that. I quit real estate for half an hour, but I quit. And long story short, I meet with these people, uh, Dan and Tina out of Yorba Linda, California. And that night I listed their house for, I think it was 430,000. And I put together an offer on a house they wanted to buy that was listed at like $750,000. Nice. Mill. Okay. Back then it was 2003. There were like 20 offers in every house. Right. So I was like, how do I get yeah. this deal done? I am broke. And it was a big commission, man. That was like real money. I never made real money before. Yeah, it was big money. So, so the next day, I'm standing at the fax machine with my contracts. I'm about to put it in the stupid fax machine. And I was like, you know what? Screw this, man. I'm going to the broker's office. I, went to, I was like, I'm just going. Like, I, I just didn't care. So I, I ended up driving to this office called Remax Excellence in Bray, California. And I, you know, I go to the, the front door. I, I get to the secretary. I'm like, hey, I'm here to see John Batson. 
And they and she looked at me like I'm crazy. She's like, "Do you have an appointment?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Well, he's he's the owner of the company." I'm like, "Oh, he's the owner of the company." I'm like, "No way." So I was like, "You just got to give me two minutes. I have an offer from him. I promise. Just ask him to see me." Like I begged, dude. I was 21 year old kid. I was like, "Just let me in, please." So he decides to see me, and it turns out he wasn't only the owner of the real estate company. He wasn't only the listing agent. He was also the owner of the house. Oh, wow, man. You lucked out. Yeah. Well, so I sit down, I give him my pitch, how amazing my buyers, how amazing I am. And I can tell he's like, whatever. And at the end of it, he goes, I'll make a deal with you. I was like, what's the deal? You quit working for Coldwell Banker right now. You start working for me and you got a deal. Half a second later, I said, you have a deal. I shook his hand, signed the paperwork, went back to my office, packed it up and I was done and I was at a new company. So that yeah, night went it. from... Yeah, so that night, so it gets even, it gets, it gets really good. So at that night, I put that deal together and the commission was like $30,000. It, it was a big commission, you know, and, and for me, it was like life-changing money. So I got that $30,000 commission and I was like, I'm rich, man. I made it. I got all this money. <laughs> and, but, but what happened was I didn't get these random calls every single day, right? And I found myself again struggling and I was doing exactly what I was doing, the same thing, and getting no deals. And that commission I had went down. Mm. And at the time, there were these agents in my office. They were talking about how stupid real estate agents were for paying coaches to coach them and teach them how to sell more houses, right? And nice. for me, I was, a, I was a young kid. I was like, wait a minute. I can pay somebody that can tell me what to do so I can make money. And I, and I was like, okay, so I was the idiot that signed up for coaching. So I remember my coach. And here's what happened, man. I was totally broke. And at that point, I had broken up with the girl I was living with. I was living at my mom's house in her garage, dude. Like her actual garage. Where I parked my car, where my dirt bike was, my jet ski was. Like there were spiders and cockroaches. I got infested with mice one time. A bunch of mice ran all over the garage because she had gone through divorce from my dad and ran it out my bedroom and I couldn't afford rent. So I was living in this garage, man. So I was motivated. I was motivated. Damn, dude. And, and what happened was I, I just had blind faith. And, and I remember my coach told me this. He said, don't worry about getting listings. Don't worry about getting deals. Don't worry about anything. He said, you have one job. And if you do this job, the rest will come together. He said, your job is to talk to people. He's like, I don't care if you get an appointment. I don't care if you make money. Your job is to talk to people. So I set a goal in a 90-day period, okay, to bust my ass six days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day. And I told myself, if I do, if I can make it, I'm sticking with real estate. If not, I'm going back to school. And I was still going to school at the time. My first week pounding expired listings. When I say pounding, I was on the phone six, at least six hours a day and on the streets three to four hours a day. Every single day. I'd start my calling in the morning, 7.45 a.m. To, to 11, and at night from 5 to 8.30, every single day. Wow. And, and the first week, I picked up an expired listing for $1.6 I think it was my third day nice. making calls. It was my- yeah, keep you motivated. The first week, and I was I had worked all day and stadium classroom at from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at night, and I remember like the teacher was teaching us about rocks and science in Canada, and I remember thinking like I do not care about rocks in Canada. I want to make money. I want to buy a family. <laughs> like I don't care about Canadian rocks. Like give me a car, damn it. So that so that night in that classroom, I remember I was sitting there. And I started getting a little anxiety and I was like, I need to make a decision right now. I can't wait 90 days. And the decision was, do I, do I continue on the path of modern real estate and school or do I just quit school right now and give real estate 100,000%? And I just sat there and sat there and sat there. And I remember like the, everyone talking and the teacher talking and like the noises were drowning out. It was like a weird moment in my life. <laughs> and that was it. I looked at the girl next to me and I was like, I'm out of here. It's all yours. And I knew the girl. She said, what do you mean? Man, I talk about going all in. I was committing to real estate. So I left my backpack. I left my books. I left my calculator. I left every single thing that I, wow. I had for school. And the reason I left it is because there was no going back. 
right? It's like it's like you're all in. Like burn the boat, man. Like you, yeah, you have to commit like one million percent to what you want to do, or you're just not going to do it. So I left everything, and here's what happened, man. Ninety days later, from from making that first expired listing call, I moved out of my mom's garage and I bought my first home for a million. I paid eight hundred thousand dollars at twenty one years old. I made in commissions one hundred twenty thousand dollars in ninety days around my twenty first birthday. So my life changed really fast, man. I went from I no that. money to making 30, 40 grand a, night, a month overnight. And people say, how did you do it? I'm like, and here's the thing. If you guys are listening, let me explain expired listings here. There's no trick to an expired listing. You're never going to convince someone to sell that doesn't want to sell. Here's the trick to expired listings. You need to call that expired listing. I would call each expired listing probably 50 to 70 times. Wow. 50 to because I would stalk them until they answer the phone. And what here's time the period? truth about it. Here's the truth about it. Many times people don't know this because they don't go after it. You'll say, hi, my name is so-and-so. They'll say, we're actually interviewing agents. So I would land appointments like that. And I would also land appointments by closing people. But again, it, it's because of the high volume of contacts and the amount of effort I put in. So yeah, that's how I got my start in real estate. Dude, that's, that's inspiring. Nobody, no, I don't think, I didn't know that story. And I know a lot about you from the TV shows, but I didn't know that story. That's freaking awesome. So bottom line, agents that are listening, it's coming up like right now, it's the end of 2019. We're coming up on 2020. This will probably be launched in 2020. But what we're talking about, regardless of when you hear this, is burn the boats. You got you to gotta go for it. If you, if, if you decided that this is your game, we got to go for it. No, you you got to go for broke, man. I was telling you earlier, dude, I, fl- I, I pitched a house flipping TV show before I ever flipped a house. I love it. We're going like, to get into that next. Like all in, man. That, that's it. You know, just going all in. And with the real estate world, it, it, the, the, the problem is, you know, the, the, you know, if I told a real estate agent, if you talk to 50 people a day for the next month, I'll give you $20,000, they probably do it. And the truth is, if they actually did it, they'd probably make 20000 The problem is they get defeated. They get discouraged. They think it doesn't work. But guess what? It does work. Yeah. The problem is they'll talk to five people, 10 people, 20 people. You're talking, that's not enough. Like when I say something, here's anyone out there that's watching this, if you want to go get an expired listing, I want you to talk to 1,000 expired listings. And if that. you don't have one deal after talking to 1,000 expired listings, just quit the business. Yeah. Well, I'll quit the business, actually. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's all it is. is It's a mathematical equation. Numbers That's game. all it is. People overthink it, man. It's nothing more than a numbers game. You talk to more people, the higher the odds of finding someone that wants to do business. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. What about somebody that says, I'm not Tark. I don't have that personality. I don't, I don't have a I don't have that type of go-getter attitude. Like, what do I do? All I'm just good at numbers and I'm good at being in the office, but like being with people, I don't, I don't, I'm not that great at it. What do you say to somebody like that? I wasn't great at TV when I started. I wasn't sure. great at flipping houses when I started. 
I wasn't great at baseball when I was a kid when I started. You're never great at anything True, when you man. start. It takes True. hard work and it takes practice. I'm, in the, I'm the guy that believes anything is possible. I believe anyone can accomplish anything if they really want it. Yeah. I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the limitations, like the self-imposed limitations that most agents, because I've been in the business for a while as well, most agents give themselves, which is, I'm not you. I'm not that guy. I can't do it like that. I got a family. I've got this. I've got money constraints. They've got all these challenges, which you just, just literally knocked that, them all I'm, down. No, and I'm sorry, but that means they don't want it. That's it's it. true. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's like, you listen, man, that. like if I, if, listen, if, if I'm, like, listen, if I'm going to bitch and complain about being out of shape yet, I had a double bacon cheeseburger for lunch. <laughs> guess what? I should shut up. I'm just saying like, you got to be realistic man. with yourself. Like, you, you know, I look at people in fitness. I know how difficult it is to get in super shape. These people yeah. with the six packs and all that crap. Listen, that is dedication. That is hard yeah. work. Right. Yeah. So people, you, you, it, I, I don't know, man. People can accomplish anything <laughs> they want. They really want it. And it's, and there's so many excuses on why, why they can't do it. It's because they don't want to do it. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about another aspect that you literally went into blind with just a faith in yourself and burned the boats. People don't know this. And it's funny. I, I told you I was talking to my mother-in-law about it. And we're going to get into that story later. Nobody, everybody thinks that I've talked to about you. Ask him just questions like, do you know the guy's story? They think that you were a huge like international flipper and HGTV picked you up. But tell us what really happened. And everybody's going to be shocked at this. Uh, I would tell you how I got the show real quick here. You're like this story. <laughs> so, all right. So it was 2010. I was at a real estate sales convention in Las Vegas. And it's Vegas, man. I was out drinking. I was in my 20s and I was hungover. <laughs> so it's, it's a Mike Ferry convention. There's 5,000 people in this big convention. And I all sat in the back, dude. I was nobody. I was hungover. I was hurting. And my friend was a VP of Prudential at the time. And two of the managers that were sitting in the front row had to leave. So my buddy texted me. He's like, hey, I got two seats in the very front row of this event. And I was like, the front row? Like, you know, for me, I was like intimidated. These were the ballers. Said. Those are like the big dogs, the seven-figure earners. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I take me and my ex-wife at the time. We go sit in the very front row. And during the presentation, man, I just start sweating and I can feel myself getting dizzy like I was hurting. And this guy runs across like the stage, right? And he runs over and gives me water and abs in front of the whole thing. Like he noticed that I wasn't doing very well. Yeah. And at the break, at the break, all these guys and girls that were sitting in the front row of this convention, like the guys, the ones that go on stage and talk about their production, the ones that we dream of being, they all came up to me and my ex-wife. And they're like, like, who are you? What are you doing up here? Like, tell us about you. Why don't we know you? You know, we were dressed sharp and we looked the part. We just didn't have any money <laughs> yet. <laughs> so I was talking to him and it turned out he had a local TV show in Palm Springs, California. And he was like, yeah, I go to the grocery store. Like I go in the frozen food section and I hide it from people. And he's like, I get business from it. And I was like, man, that's so cool. Next day, I'll, we get home from Vegas, sitting on the couch about 10 o'clock at night. And it hit me. That guy said he makes money on TV. We need to get on TV. Like, how can I get us on TV? What do we need to do? And then I had just bought my first flip a few days before. Hadn't yeah. started yet. So I'm like, what if we flip houses on TV? So that exact moment, I started Googling LA production companies. First one that came up, Pytown Productions. I sent oh, yeah. the, the, the picture. Yeah, I sent the pictures, the bio and all that. They responded in the morning. Hey, it's so exciting. You guys are great. Like your story do a home video. So we, we shot a home video and we sent it over to the production company. They loved it, dude. They loved it. I'll never forget. We, we go, we had a real meeting with a real like Hollywood production company. Yeah. We're driving our little Honda pilot at the time. It was in Hollywood. We get to this crazy like production company parking lot. And I'll never forget that a piece of tape with two cones with a piece of paper with our names in the front <laughs> flapping. And I remember, I was like, man, wow, our name is on a piece of paper in the parking lot. That was a big moment. We, we ended up shooting a sizzle with that company, which was two-day professional filming, and they make a five-minute video. It's a teaser video that they send to all the networks, right? And what happened was they sent it to all the networks. Nobody bit, Nobody wanted it. And I was like, shit, we didn't make it, man. 
10 months later, I'm on the golf course in Yorba California, and I get a call from the production company. I hadn't talked to them in a while. They're like, hey, you're not going to believe this, but HGTV called. They want a pilot for a house flipping show with you guys. And, Dude, and, awesome. and, that, and that was the start of it. So, man, I was super excited. I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to do a pilot. We're going to flip houses. And so we shot the pilot in summer of – 11 and after the pilot was shot they said it'll probably be a year maybe two before you go to series and there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on with tv right tv is slow it is a slow world yeah weeks after they got the pilot we get a contract to do 13 episodes on hgtv in 10 months sick. and but it gets is, even better you Check haven't flipped the house yet though right i had done three okay in a year this is a year later but i've only, I've only done three so now I, I, for a year, I only did three, and now they want 13 in 10 months. I'm like, well, one, I don't have money. Two, I don't know how to find houses. Three, I don't have the construction contacts. F four, I don't know how to manage these projects. And that, so what did I do? I looked at my ex-wife, and I said, well, what's the worst that can happen? She goes, well, they can sue us. Yeah. And I said, well, I look around. I said, do they take the credit card debt too? She said, probably. <laughs> I said, they can have it all. So I signed the contract, man. I went for broke. Again, I burned those goddamn boats, man. I, I signed that, that contract. And I told myself anything is possible. I will make it happen. It was a very, very long, sleepless year. But guess what happened? I pulled it off. And people and don't realize my students. I look back on my life, man. It, the shit I did was crazy. Dude. Like People don't understand. Like when, when I, To get those 13 houses in that first 10 months, man, so we, I had to go buy at the auctions and I couldn't buy properties that were occupied because the evictions would take too long and I didn't have the money or the time because I needed to film a show. Well, so, I could only buy so I could only buy vacant houses. So every single night I would work all day, like 8 a.m. until like 9 p.m., right? Still selling, still flipping. But then I had to find houses. So every night from 10 p.m. to 3 to 4 a.m., I would leave my house and drive on the road overnight to all four surrounding counties, looking at the properties that were going to auction the next day. And wow. the reason I drove by the properties overnight was to look for cars in the driveway, overgrown lawns, newspapers. So what did I do? Every single night, man, I drove four to six hours scouting wow. properties going to auction the next day. And it was frustrating. Talking about wanting to quit, oh, yeah. I would do this for weeks at a time to go to the auction and get bid out on every single house. Talk about the most frustrating, defeating thing in the world. But guess what? I kept going, and I'm glad I did. There's another. Dude, you're full of freaking messages. We might have to go like four or five hours in this interview. Yeah. <laughs> just got to keep going, man. Just, just never stop. Just never stop. That's it. So, like, that, I, wanna, I just want to point out some really great stuff for our audience, and that's – the fact that you got an insatiable drive to win, which is amazing. And the fact that like, yes, you were in real estate sales because the beginning of the show kind of like your, your original like intro was like, you know, about your kind of downfall in sales. Like when the market crashed and this happened and that happened, like this is what we had to start doing. And like, nobody knows this real story. Like this is really inspiring because this is a, this is a story of I'm going to get it. And I'm going to do anything I can and anything I have to, to get it. I see it. I know it's possible. So talk to me about your process. Was this just mental process? Were you writing your vision out? Like, how are you visioning what you're going to do? And did you write out what your steps were and then just take them? You know, it's like, I'm such an obsessive guy, man. And, and I think the way my mind works, I, I simplify everything I do. So you can look at something that's super complex and I'll look at it and find the one key component that it takes yeah. to make it successful. And that's what I focus on. Like the key for example, for example, house flipping. I didn't, I, I wasn't worried about the contractors. I was, you know what I was worried about? I, I, I knew this. If I can find a deal, the rest works out. Yeah. Right. So even if I get a contractor, that's too expensive. If I got a good deal, it's going to work out. Right. So my focus was always finding the asset. That was always my focus. And once I had the asset, I could figure the rest out later. So I, I, I focused on the most important part. Like for real estate sales, I focused on the most important part, which was making contacts. Right. Contacts turn into listings. Listings turn into deals. Without contacts, no listings. Without listings, no deals. Yeah, completely. It's interesting. All right. So you're basically finding the pattern 
in these things that actually is like the linchpin. Without it, you, nothing works. So clearly, yeah. without, an asset, without an asset, you can have all the money in the world, the best contractor in the world, the best supplies. It doesn't matter. You have Don't nothing matter. to do with those people. Right. So you're exactly. You're, it's, it's so simple, yet people are like, end up everything, and now I need to find a deal. And you're like, yeah, but those people are going to grow tired of you because they have nothing to do with you. Yeah, like, like people, they just overthink, they overthink, they overthink, stop thinking, start doing, like, just go for broke, go all in, like, that's, that's it. So, let's talk to and when I say When I say listening. go for broke, go, go all in, I'm not talking about taking your life savings and blowing, I'm talking about going all in with your mind, with your body, with your heart, like, giving it everything you have. Nice, weekends, spare time, like like doing whatever you got to do. Like, I get that. Don't, don't, don't cost your kids their freaking college funds. Don't, don't, don't mortgage your house off, but do whatever you got to do within you. Totally. Exactly. Got that. Exactly. Totally got that. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reed, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000, and we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation. It is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents at prospect, thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk.
What does somebody do right now? And I want to, there's so many places I want to go with you, but right now, what does somebody do who's listening to you and saying, all right, this dude clearly is an expert. We're going on the night. We're going into the ninth season of flip or flop. And we're going into some other shows. We're going to talk about in just a second. And I want to get started right now, tomorrow. What's an action item that somebody can take who's listening right now from your mouth to them to get rolling for 2020? Like we're going, we got a week and a half left. Get, get, start, get, get, get started doing what? Get started flipping houses. Oh, get started flipping houses. Yep. Man, well, I mean, obviously it's really important to get educated. I'm working on a lot of educational materials right now that are going to be launching in 2020. But the foundation is understanding real estate and learning real estate and reading books and getting your real estate license. But the most important part of flipping houses that any house flipper needs to master is how to find properties to flip, right? Once you can create a system that finds the properties, the rest will fall into place. So yeah. And then do you recommend people just, just get into it? Like, do you recommend people go to these, these, these real estate flipping schools and like try and get all this book knowledge or just get your first deal, find a mentor and roll? You know, right there, it's going to create an excuse. So most people are going to be like, well, I don't have a mentor. Bam. So they're out. We just gave them an excuse why they can't you're flip right. houses. You're right. And by the way, everybody, you're never going to find a mentor. A mentor is never going to find you. You're not just going to get a mentor, but they don't realize you have to work hard to get a mentor. Yeah. Right? Like people don't understand, like they don't just show up out of the blue. Like you have to work your ass off, prove to them that you're someone of value and then they'll mentor you. All right. I got sidetracked. What was our question? (laughs) Uh, The question is, how does somebody get rolling, get into action right now? Like right away. So the 2020, they've been talking about it for a year. I'm giving you like, so we have a, we have a big meetup here in Baltimore and I'll give you the, I'll give you the person that. I want to help and inspire. And that's the person that has been dreaming about flipping houses and investing in real estate for three years and has not taken action because they're they just, they're missing that one little element. What is that, that they can just go and just kind of clear out of their, 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 their world. You know, like for, for me, like if, it just depends. Like if someone, man, that's a much longer conversation. You know, I, I know, really I know. Ask, answer that question. You know, that's like a whole school I have, but you know, it's like fig- figure, okay, if you want to flip houses, I would say, you know, be get educated, go online, figure out the top 10 best ways to find houses to flip. Of those 10 ways, I would pick three of those, and those three things that you pick, I would just focus on that each and every day. If you want to send handwritten yellow letters, I used to do it. I wrote till my right hand fell off, my left hand fell off, my right foot fell off, and my left foot fell off. Like, I wrote letters, like, I did, I put signs on the freeway, like, I did everything. You have to do everything. And here's the trick. When I say you're going to do a handwritten letter, you're not going to write 50. You're not going to write 100. You're going to write 5,000. See, the numbers I put out there are so big. By the time people hit that number, they're going to get deals. The problem is people quit after 100 or 200. If I told you right now, if I would give you $100,000 to write 20,000 letters, would you do it? Probably. Yeah. Like, you know. You'd probably just a hundred thousand dollars, right? And that's the reality when it comes to real estate. Most of the times, the problem is there's no guarantee, right? So then they yeah. Quit. No, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. So, dude, you're like you got this intensity, and but on the show, like you also have this like like really like reserve side too. How do you keep everything balanced? Like, how do you keep man. the intensity and the drive balanced? It's it's tough, man. It, it's tough, but every single day, man, I look in that mirror and I and I and I just tell myself, you can be better. You have more potential. Yeah. I, I would say, like, my mindset is very strong, man. Like, my self belief is really high. Like, I I do believe I can accomplish anything, man. And 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 like I said, the reason I, I have that is because my dad just drilled that into me my entire life. <laughs> but the best part about it, he never told me, oh, you're the best. You're good at this. And that is no bullshit. You want to know how my dad was? When I was yeah. five years old, we were we played soccer. And he was an amazing coach. I was a pretty good player. He got picked to coach the all-star soccer team, right? He didn't pick me to be on the all-star team, and he coached the team. Wow. Like, I will never forget being five years old balling. I'll never forget. He said, son, he looked at me, and he said, you're not good enough. <laughs> he could have put me on the team, just like any other dad would have. Right. 
what did he do? He didn't put me on the team. I had to go watch him coach other kids my same age playing the All-Stars. And I will never forget that feeling. I remember being five years old and being like, screw this shit. I will never be in this position again. I want to be the best. I want to practice. I want to be better. I never want to be left out. And, and I learned early on that with hard work, anything is possible. How do you balance like family, kids, all that stuff? How do you do that? It's just tough, man. But you just got to do a family first. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I, the days I have my kids, man, I'm home by six o'clock at night, five thirty at night. When I don't have my kids, man, it's free for all. I might have right. an 8 p.m. meeting, a 1 a.m. meeting, a 3 a.m. meeting. I don't know. But <laughs> when I have my kids, I'm home with my kids and that's all that matters. So what do you like most about flipping? Man, I just love everything about flipping. You know, you get to do what you – know, I love gambling, right? But instead of gambling with Vegas, I get to gamble with houses. It's right, fun. Right. You get to take something that looks like the world's biggest piece of crap and turn it into this beautiful product and sell it to someone, and then you make money. It's like right. it's, it's an amazing career. I love it. Do you have any regrets? I mean, you've been on – You've been doing this for, what, nine, ten years now? I mean, it's just with Flipper Flop, you're in the ninth season, so that's like ten years. Are you – you have any regrets? Anything that you would do differently if you, could, if you could do it over again? The one thing that I would do differently would be, would be changing my, my mindset because – in certain aspects of my mindset. Because in my 20s, man, while I was becoming successful and working hard and doing all this, I was miserable. I was – angry a lot i was frustrated a lot i kept going but inside i was dying because you know it's hard failing over and over and over each and every day so the one thing i would change if i can go back just tell me and i want people that are going through the struggle going through the process to understand that you got to try to be happy and enjoy it too and, and it's very frustrating trying to accomplish great things it can take a large toll on you and, and that's the yep. only thing I, I would change. But other than that, I wouldn't change anything, man. Everything happens for a reason. My cancer happened for a reason. My divorce happened for a reason. I ended up on TV for a reason. Everything's for a reason. Talk about that for a second because I don't think a lot of people know that. Like I was telling people I was going to be interviewing you over the last like week since we, you and I started talking a couple weeks ago. Not many people know your story with that. So just tell, tell the audience here who doesn't know, there was a nurse who was watching the show and called yeah, to tell them that they saw something in you. Yeah, it was uh, one of season one episodes. I got a, a nurse out of Texas was watching the show and she saw that my throat had a you know an enlarged thyroid. Emailed the production company. They sent me an email and I read the email and it pretty much went like, "Hi, I'm a registered nurse. This is not a joke. You have an enlarged thyroid on your neck, a nodule. I, I really think you need to go get it checked out." And I already knew something was wrong because I went to my doctor twice before because it was bothering me and they told me it was nothing. They didn't do any testing or anything. Wow. But this time I wow. took it very seriously. So I went to a different doctor and long story short, it, it turned out that I had thyroid cancer and they didn't know I had cancer until I was actually in surgery because they couldn't tell. So I went down for an exploratory surgery. It was supposed to be like an hour. Turned out I woke up four hours later and they removed my entire thyroid they removed a bunch of my lymph nodes because the cancer had spread and I uh, stage three thyroid cancer. So that was a shock wow. waking up, you know, going to sleep, thinking you're fine, waking up, hearing that you have cancer. And the, the first thing I remember when I came to, I looked up and my ex-wife was looking down at me at the time crying. And the first thing I said was, I have cancer, don't I? She goes, yeah. So that, that was pretty tough, man. And, and then I got the call from production saying like, yeah, we understand like, you know, we'll cease production. I was like, we'll cease production. I'm not dead. I was like, I got a little cancer. What's wrong with you people? No, I'm just kidding. It was a hard time, but I told him, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to film. I'm going to give this everything I have. Yeah. So we, we continued to film. And then shortly after, through further testing, found out I also had testicular cancer. Damn. So, you know, I, within a few month period, I found out I had two completely different cancers. And that year was rough, man. You know, I went through the surgeries, the radioactive iodine, the recovery, yeah. and man, like it was a really tough time in my life. But the year that I went through the cancer, I was sick, I was puking, I lost weight, I gained weight. I, 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 I like quadrupled the amount of flips we were doing. So I built the shit out of my company while I was sick. I did the whole thing on TV, man. If you look at old seasons of me, you can see I'm very sick on TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, you look so healthy. Now. Like, you look so much better divorced. I'm like, no, like, I'm not dying anymore. You know, it's like, I'm healthy, <laughs> right? 
you know, for yeah. three, you know, and for three, four years on TV, I was sick, man. I had uh, thyroid cancer, and then right, and then I got testicular cancer, and then I hurt my back. Like it was just over and over and over, and, and life just kicked the shit out of me, man. I tell you, for five years of my life, I was just absolutely miserable, miserable, and I had all the money in the world, I had fame, I had the fanciest cars, all the shit you could think of, and I was miserable. I was miserable. So it was tough. Wow, man. Wow. I didn't know you had two cancers. That's, that's news to me too. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. True perseverance, man. I love that. So how, how has, how has flipping changed over the last couple of years? Like, are you noticing difference in the differences in the market? Like what's your, what's your, I mean, it, I mean, it's completely different than when I first started in the business. You know, yeah. when I first started in the business, we were, we were able to flip a ton of houses just for the MLS. Dude, short sales, we were killing it. Bank loans, we were doing great. And today's short sales are dried up. And if they're out there, they're not just not negotiating like they're used to. Yeah. Um, we used to buy at auctions, don't buy at auctions anymore. So today, my, my entire business model is based off uh, buying off-market properties. So direct yeah. from owner. And I do that through you know leveraging my brand, leveraging my name, digital marketing campaigns, print campaigns, radio campaigns, podcasts, anything you can think of. Got it. Okay. So off market, you're talking about like what would, what somebody might deem as like a wholesale property. You're just picking it up from the owner directly. Yeah. 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 But you're not, you're not turning it. You're just keeping it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or a wholesale sometimes. Yeah. There's something that you just don't want. You see a quick buck in it and you're like, it's not worth, it's not worth taking the money into it and seeing like the market shift. Yeah. It just depends on a case by case. Like at any given time, I'm, I'm probably flipping 30 something houses. So it just depends where my capital's at. Like the most flips I've ever had at one time was 74. And that was just a nightmare to manage and too many headaches. And, and I, I find I make the same amount of money flipping in the thirties as I do in the seventies. So I, I, right. I prefer the, the least amount of stress. And here's you get something you guys got to remember too. Like I have 19 jobs at this point. I'm not only a house flipper anymore. If, if, it was, if I was just flipping houses full time, my business would be 10 times the size that it is. But I'm out there filming two different TV shows. I'm out here. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing speaking events. You know, so a lot going on. It's a lot going on. What's your leverage look like? Like what's your team look like? Do you have somebody that project manages and goes out and looks at property for you and picks them up? Yeah. Like, so, you know, in-house, I have my three acquisition sales guys and they screen all the marketing calls. They schedule the contractors. They submit the offers. They run the transactions. They close the escrows and they get a cut. Got it. Got it. That's smart. I mean, that way you're not involved in the, in the middle of it. What about design wise? Oh yeah. Like I'm not taking calls anymore. I'm, I, I'm not meeting appointments. I'm not, you know, I don't do that anymore. I have employees that do that. I love yeah. that, man. I love that. What, what do you think the future of real estate investment looks like? Flipping looks like, and I'm talking in terms of, you know, Pat and I talk about this a lot on the show, the iBuyer stuff that's coming into play now. That disrupts the type of acquisition that you're doing, doesn't it? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so, man. There's, there's so many competitors in every single space. At the end of the day, a lot of people, they'll just want to sell you the house because they don't want to deal with it. And at the end of the day, people are, a lot of people are inherently lazy. Like they don't want to go do research. Like if they inherited a house and it has cockroaches and mold and that bathroom just burned down, they're, they don't, they're, they're just going to deal with the person they're dealing with. That's what I'm saying based on my experience. So there's going to be competition in, in anything, right? You got Coca-Cola and you got yeah, of course. Like, there, look how many people are on this planet. So one of the another interesting about me, interesting thing about me, is when I go into a venture, people always ask, "Well, what, what about this other person? They're doing it." I never think about anybody else because I always think I'm different. I always think I can be better than at doing what they're doing. So I never really see competition in things that I do. Has it ever backfired on you, or kind of bit you in the ass? No. No, it always motivates me. I love that. And then, and yeah, that's it. I, I use it as a, just motivation, man. I just use it. But not, I'm not saying this in like a car. I'm saying it in like a motivational way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. If Pepsi can do it and Coca-Cola can do it, like there's always room for more. I love like, that. Like Uber. Oh, Uber is a monster. Well, all of a sudden this company called Lyft comes out, right? <laughs> it's too late for Lyft. There's this company called Uber there, right? Guess what? Lyft and Uber. Right? There's going to be more. There's room in every single space. There are billions billions of people around the world like there is room i love that man so i want to go back to the show for a second what are some of your favorite moments from the show and what are some of your not 
so favorite moments from the show. And I want to tell you and the audience one, and you and I talked about it. My mother-in-law and I are sitting there on the couch, and you said to Christina, Christina, it's do or die. I think it's like season two. We've got our last $72,000. We're going to go all in, and we're going to borrow like another nine grand for my mom's credit cards. We got to make this work, or we're on the streets. And at that time, right, because I've kind of gotten to know you over the last couple, couple of weeks or months we've been talking, at that time, I'm like, that is BS. There's, that's total show. There's no oh, way no. that happens like that. But it's real, right? So tell the audience about that. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's real. I went all in. Like, I borrowed against my credit cards, dude. I, at, one to- at one point, like, I have nice watches and crap. I, I, at one point, I had to go sell my Rolex, get the money, finish the project, and got the money that went and bought the same watch back. <laughs> you know, I lost I lost two thousand dollars on the watch transaction, but I made a lot of money on the flip, so it worked right. out. You see, there's always ways to come up with money. So I I sold my watch for five thousand bucks. I got the money, and I came back and I bought it for seven. Like fine. I love that, man. I love to know that that like that it was really real. What was so? What are your some of your favorite moments on the show? Man, so many so many good moments. It's like <laughs> a really good that, one, like a big one. Man, some good moments. Just like you know, like I don't know, like fun, fun, fun moments is like I like some of like the cliffmade design houses we've done. You know, we did some really cool design in this house in Fullerton. I'm just trying to think some of the best moments. I know some of the worst houses, like the cockroach house. That was actually one of my favorites. I didn't tell my ex that the house had a cockroach infestation. Yeah. So she opened the door, and there were like hundreds of thousands of cockroaches. They were nice. falling from the ceiling, landing on her head. <laughs> it was like the only time you'll ever see anyone curse on HGTV. It actually made air, and they bleeped it out. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. But just, you know, I've learned so much over the years, and it's just, you know, filming is a part of my life now. It's part of who I am, you know? It's like sometimes you go, I wake up. You, how were you on camera when it first started? I mean, I know obviously we talked about in the beginning, like you're like, dude, don't worry about it. I screw up my takes all the time. Like, did you have any experience on camera at all? No, none, none. So was it tough? Did you practice? I mean, a guy like you, obviously you're going to get obsessed. Like, did you practice? I know I do. No, like, you can't, you can't really, pra- you can't really practice for that, man. So you just, you just got to jump in the fire. That's it. You got to go for it. <laughs> Stop thinking and start doing, man. That's the motto. That's right. Stop thinking, start doing. I love that. Any of the drama on the show manufactured or was it all just like, oh my God, really? This happening? Like, was it all real? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, like there, let me think. Like shit happens. Like it all happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we've been robbed, cars stolen, like everything's happened on that show. Damn. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that car gotten stolen. The car got stolen. It was like the, the Escalade, right? And like right out in front of the house. Yeah. I mean, just a whole bunch of weird stuff over there. But man, we've done like 115 or 120 episodes. So I've been doing this a long yeah. time. But Flipping 101, my new show, it is going to be fun. It's everything we talked about today. I'm going to be doing it on TV. And I'm excited about it, man, because I'm actually teaching people how to flip houses. Like I am walking them through and explaining why I make the decisions that I make. So for someone that wants to flip houses, like this show is going to be incredible. So that's flipping one-on-one on HGTV? On HGTV. It's going to be premiering in 2020. Yeah. Got it. Did you have to practice, practice saying HGTV all the time? Because dude, HGTV, that is so, HGTV, HGTV, HGTV. That is so tough to say. Yeah. <laughs> HGTV. HGTV. What amazing opportunities have shown up for you from the show? Man, you know, you know, opportunities, obviously, with notoriety and, and fame, you get credibility. And, you know, I have a good reputation. I've worked really hard to do the right thing over the years. And, you know, it gives me the, the power to spread my message and share my message, right? If I wasn't on TV, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I wouldn't be on this podcast with you. And we wouldn't be, you know, touching thousands of people that might be tuning in. So I feel like TV, is get, TV has given me the power to really help change lives. And, and that's one thing about me. I'm, I'm really, because I understand the struggles of success. I know what it feels like to feel good. I know what it feels like to feel bad. I've had cancer. I've been healthy. I've been broke. I've been rich. I've been all. And I feel like I, I now have a voice to spread my message with the world. And I feel like I can really help people. I do. I love that, man. Besides the bouts with cancer, have there, have there been other like really defining and, and the stuff we talked about in the beginning, but 
Are there any other defining moments that like shifted your entire world? Oh, I love action? that you just said defining moments. I don't know if you got that from listening to something else I talked about, but I always talk about defining moments. And a defining moment is a moment in your life that changes the trajectory of your life. Example, yep. the day I was at the ATM, that was a defining moment. I walked across the street, signed up for real estate school. The day that I hired my ex-wife, Christina, to work for me, <laughs> that was a defining moment. Changed my life forever. So I'm big on defining moments, man. We all have them. I love that. I love that. No, no, the defining moment thing for me is, is, uh, is just something I, I'm very interested in people, especially of success. What changed the trajectory of your life? You know, is there one moment or there are five or there are 25 that you can count each, over a lifetime? Each defining one. moment since your next defining moment. They're That's all right, attached. Man. And, it, and all people connected. don't realize that, that transformation happens in a moment. And it's literally in that moment, that choice that yeah. you make can take you this way or that way in that one choice in that one moment. Completely change your life. And what happens yeah. if you don't start capitalizing on your defining moments, meaning you make no decision, they're gone. They stop coming. Because you don't 100%. take action. I don't know how long we've been talking, but it's, yeah, it's a while. So look, dude, I want to talk about the new show. So Flipping 101 on HGTV. Yeah, when does that come out? Uh, it should be airing May of 2020, 14 episodes, season one. And man, it is going to be fun. I can't wait. Love that. And then Flipper Flop, ninth season. When does that air? You shooting that now? We just started shooting nine, uh, season nine of Flipper Flop, so it's going to take the whole year to shoot this thing. It'll probably be airing first quarter of 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's still you and Christina on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that, is that different for you? I mean, obviously it's different, but is it, is it strange, awkward, weird? Nah, not anymore, man. Now it's okay. just normal. But I mean, no, film, filming, you know, while you're going through divorce, man, talking about a hard time. Holy crap. They had cameras <laughs> on when the cameras were off. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. I love that. What other shows do you have going on? Well, you've got the, you've got the school. Talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm working on a whole, a whole bunch of digital programs to teach people how to flip houses, man. So that's going to be launching in 2020. Excited about that. And then I also have a digital series with HGTV called Tarek's Flipside. I also just started doing things on YouTube. Had a lot of fun with that. So I put some, some videos up on YouTube and I'm on Instagram at The Real Tarek El Musa. So I'm just kind of everywhere, man. I'm just growing the brand and I'm not going to slow down for the next 30 years. That's awesome. That's and so... You're obviously a dude that strives after the best, like the biggest, like go big or nothing. What do you yep. do for personal development? Like when you just kind of, when you don't have the 50 million things you've got going on happening and you have some actual downtime, what books are you reading? What seminars do you go to? What podcast do you listen to besides this one? Like, what are you doing to grow that inside piece? Man, I am always working, but like my favorite thing to do is just, just play with my kids, man. Like the nights I have my kids, we just turn the living room into a wrestling ring. I set up pillow walls. Like I'm a big kid. I don't know if you notice about me. Like I'm high yeah. energy too. Like I'm a big kid. So we do like WWF. I jump off the couch and body slam my kids. <laughs> it is so much fun. So I do that. And then I love the adrenaline stuff, man. I love racing things. So like tomorrow I'm going to race 90 mile an hour go-karts at the, the racetrack. Sick. A few weeks ago, I was racing McLaren's in Texas at the Coto racetrack. And then a week before that, I was racing a uh, super bike, sport bikes at Cal Speed in Fontana. And that was nice. fun, man. I had not ridden a motorcycle in 10 years. And I went straight to a racetrack. Turn one, dude. I missed my turn. I go off the track into the grass. And I'm flying everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to die. But anyways, uh, it was a lot of fun. I love that, man. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Dude, you have, you've been a real inspiration and treat today, man. Really appreciate your time and all the information and just sharing your life with us and, the, and our audience. I, I, I know that everybody's going to get a lot out of this interview. Yeah. You know, I, wanna, I just want everybody to know anything is possible. I'm going to tell you something that I don't even know. This is, you know, I'm just going to tell it to you. Why not? We're on Do the it. call. So Do what it. a lot of people don't realize, right after I got through my cancers, I hurt my back really bad. And that was just an awful experience for 10 months, 11 months. I couldn't walk barely, dude. I couldn't put my clothing on. I lost 50 pounds. I was popping opiates like they were Tic Tacs because I was in so much pain. It was like the demise of me. And, and then I had complications with my back surgery. I was stuck in a room downstairs at my house for six weeks. And I was depressed, like real depressed, lonely, depressed, like in a really bad spot, man, like alone, quiet. 
and I remember I was watching the show Intervention, and I watched, oh, it was a marathon, and I watched episode after episode after episode, and finally, man, I was like, God damn, you need to get up. So I hadn't moved, and I was like, all right, you're going to walk. I told myself, you're going to walk to the front door. I hadn't walked. I get up out of my bed. I walk to the front door. I got to my front door, and I was like, okay, you can go further. So then I was like, we're going to walk to the end of the street. Walk to the end of the street. You know what I did, man? I kept going. I ended up walking two miles. Took me wow. forever. I left my phone. My whole family was looking for me. They're like, where did he go? They found me walking like a mile from the house, man. Big old smile from my face. You know what I learned that day? You got to start moving. You got to warm up the body. You got to take action and start moving, man. So that's just like, I don't even know why I shared that with you, but I was thinking about a very low point in my life. And I fixed the problem by taking action and moving my body. So if you ever feel like you're in a bad spot, start moving. Do something new. Do something different. Just change. That's a great way to wrap this thing up, which is the, take action. That's a, it's perfect. Take action. Yeah, Don't true story, man. There. Take action. I love yeah. that, man. And here's what happened. At the end of that walk, I was standing straight up. The pain was gone because the blood flow increased. I loosened up my muscles and it worked. So, yeah. I didn't know all that stuff about you. I thought I did. And I did. Yeah, but, you know, like, and there's, there's a whole bunch more, man, but that's like a four-hour podcast. Jeez. Well, maybe we'll do, dude, maybe we'll do a follow-up because you, you got so much energy and so much information. Like our, our audience is going to be just, just eating us up. We'll, we'll do that's good, follow, man. We'll I, I, really, I really hope to you know, motivate and inspire some people. I, you, definitely, I know, I know what it you definitely did on this one. I, I hope so, man. And, and I know how, how difficult it is selling real estate. And I know the mental struggle and the pain. Yeah. Like I'm empathetic, dude. Like I, I was in that business and I understand how difficult it is. So I like, honestly, successful real estate agents, they, they really inspire me, man. Cause I know the grind, dude. Yeah. I've done it. Millions of variables. Not like there's not flipping, but like millions of variables. Like, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough business. It's definitely a tough business, but dude, it, it is a tough business, but I, yeah, dude, I had a great, I had a great call. I had a great time with you. I hope your viewers have a good time. And, uh, Thank yeah. You. yeah, we will. And then I'm going to see you out in California next month. What do we got next month? We're taking the kids to Legoland with Ricky. Yo, yeah, Legoland. That's right. With Ricky. Oh, <laughs> I need to put that on the calendar. You do, man. See, that's, see, that, that, see, that's what happens when you have a little ADD and your assistant's not here to babysit you. I know, I know. That's why Ricky was like, hey, man, get a hold of this guy. Let's get this done, man. But yeah. look, it, it's, it's been a, honestly getting to know you, getting to interview you. It's been a real pleasure. Like I said, it's something I did with my wife and my mother-in-law watching your show. So you've, all, you've had a, a, a part of my life, I feel like, for so long. And then once, once we got connected, it was like, wow, this is just talking to you, even over text, which is so cool. So I really appreciate this, man. And I know our audience appreciates this. And your information has been gold. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And, and, I, and I really hope uh, we, change, we, we help change some lives today. We I definitely did. We definitely did. Well, so everybody, if you, like the more you want, or the more you want, we'll do another follow-up for more information. But for, for anything you want to find on Targ, obviously go to our website, hybendigital.com forward slash Targ Almusa, M-O-U-S-S-A, right? Yep. Yep. And then, obviously, you can find Tark on hgtv.com, I'm sure, and the real yeah, Tark the, the best place. Yeah, the best place to follow me is, honestly, on Instagram. My, my uh, handle is the real Tarek El Musa. So, I'm very active on Instagram. I communicate with the fans, and it's a real fun page. So, I'd love for you guys to check it out. It's awesome, man. Dude, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate yeah. it. Had a great time. Thanks, buddy. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text 
Toolbox to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show, and we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.